Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Tuesday, February 28th, 2023. I'm Mike Kachopoli. All right, here we are. Here we are. Tuesday, big Tuesday show. Last day of February. February goes so fast, right? It's amazing. It's not that much shorter. It should be 30 days, right? Normally. Well, normally. No, normally February is 28 days, but... And the word, if I had created the world, February would have 30 days, right? January 31, February 30, March 31. So it really only has two days fewer than it should have. And every four years, only one day shorter on the leap year when it's 29 days. But it feels so short. You know, 28 days for a week just feels very short for a month, even though it's just a couple of days short. So it's almost gone. We're almost into March. And uh, a lot's heating up. There's a lot going on. A lot's heating up. Ron DeSantis is starting to. First of all, I want to. I want to thank once again uh, John Dennis for coming on the show yesterday. And if you haven't caught Monday's show, you should. You can go back into the archives here, and you can uh, and you can listen to yesterday's show, Monday the twenty seventh. And it was a great show. I had uh, I had John Dennis on for like an hour and a half. John Dennis, <clears throat> the chairman of the San Francisco Republican Party. We talked about everything that's wrong with San Francisco, everything that's wrong with the country, and everything that's wrong with the world. And we solved it all in about 92 minutes. So listen to that. Because in 92 minutes, we solved everything. I want to thank one John once again for coming on. Have him on again soon. Have him on again. Have him on as the campaign gets going. And uh, as I was going to say, people are now starting to finally ask Ron DeSantis again if he's running for office. And DeSantis, as you know, he's incredibly good at controlling the message, right? He's incredibly disciplined. And so um, he says he has a legislative session coming up and he's concentrating on the legislative session. I had to remind people that unlike everyone else who's in the race so far, Ron DeSantis actually has a real job a job that really matters. He's the governor of a state of 21 million people. So he's got real work to do still. So I don't think it's bullshit when he says, I have a legislative session coming up in Florida. He wants to get that done. He wants to show, just like he did during at the during the election, he can get a lot of different people on his side, left, right, Democrats, Republicans, pass a lot of stuff, get a lot of stuff done in Florida the next couple of months. And then I believe April, May, June-ish time period, he will announce he's running. He doesn't have to run now he doesn't first of all we we, we're all warped in this country we have a short attention span we don't remember that getting in a race this early before march of the year before the election was incredibly rare remember in 2007 when obama got in in february people were like oh my god this is the earliest anyone's ever gotten in because no one knew who he was no one knew what a barack obama was so he really had to break the mold you know he had to break the the tradition of waiting until the spring you know April, May, June, and he announced in February. But that was rare, and it was, that was just 2007. Now it's like, oh, it's still fe- it's February. Getting in or not, what's wrong with you? You know, so he doesn't have to. Ron DeSantis is a name. He has a recognizable, after Donald Trump, he has the most recognizable name as far as the Republican field goes. So he doesn't have to get in this early. He can easily get in in May or June, a couple of months, two or three months before the first debate and be just fine. So that would be my prediction. May, June, DeSantis will announce he's officially running. But 
people will ask him forever between now and then if he's running and he'll say the same thing, which is that there's a legislative session coming up in his state, which he was just reelected as governor and he wants to get work done. Okay. And that's what's going to happen. Um, but things will heat up. Things will heat up. And as things are heating up and we're looking at the future, we need to really not forget the past. We must not forget the past three years, right? And now we're going into March and March will be the official three year anniversary of the lockdowns, right? March will be the official month that happened in 2020 and we'll be three years into it now. And by the way, uh, for those of you in normal land, for those of you in normal land whose state of emergencies never happened or expired two years ago or a year and a half ago, our state of emergency in San Francisco and in the state of Cal- the California state emergency and the emergency here in San Francisco ended today. Today, February 28th of 2023, let's add it up. 323 9 over 30 divided by 22, 900, about 1,000, about 1,040 days. Since 1,040 days of emergency. So about 1,040 or so days, not exact. It's about 1,030, 1,050 days. We'll say 1,040 just for argument purposes. 1,040 days of 15 days to flatten the curve. Let me say that again. 1,040 days of 15 days to flatten the curve. So they told you 15 in California and it was 1,040. And it's not even like it's over. It's not really officially over. Hospitals, you still have to wear a mask. You have to go see a doctor, go see a dentist, go see a fucking podiatrist, go see a guy who examined your ass, your penis, your vagina. You got to wear a mask. You got to wear a mask. To, to, it's ridiculous. Tomorrow, I'm going to a, a uh, my, my doctor and I'm simply just, all I'm doing tomorrow is going and opening the door, saying I'm here to hand in lab work and handing in lab work. It'll take about 35 seconds. I will have to wear a mask to do that. That's how fucked up this place is. And someone told me, and I don't doubt, I have to look it up, that L.A. decided to not end the emergency along with the state today. I'm shocked that San Francisco did. But L.A., Barbara Farrar decided it needs to be another month. One more month. It's not, it's not good enough yet. One more. 1,040 days is enough. They need 1,070. 1,070 will do it. 1,040, not quite. 1,070 is the number in her mind. So they, they're extending it till March 31st. They're extending it till March 31st. This is what I was told if you're in L.A. and I'm wrong. Let's see. I'll look it up right now as a L.A. state of emergency. Uh, state of emergency, LA state of emergency, not homeless, LA County COVID state of emergency. Yeah. Now those, this will end March 31st. It can't end today. So a thousand and forty days isn't enough. She needs a thousand and seventy days. Okay. They have to go an extra month in LA. That's how insane this state is. That's how insane, <clears throat> insane people, as, as I discussed yesterday with uh, John Dennis, even after a thousand and forty fucking days of this, a thousand and forty fucking days, there are people here in San Francisco. Now, it's not when I say people, I don't mean I don't mean a half a million people. I don't mean a hundred thousand people. I don't even mean ten thousand people. 
It doesn't matter. Even if there are three people, they should be in, locked up. They shouldn't be allowed to exist in society. So there are people, and it's many more than three here in San Francisco, who think we still need mask mandates when you go see your podiatrist or your ass doctor. And we should we should bring back the mandates when you go into anything with medicine, like a a, 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 a supermarket with medicine or a Walgreens or a CVS or a drugstore. If you go in a place where you pick up your prescriptions or you go to get Pepto-Bismol because the fucking people in this city give you fucking agita, you should wear a mask. That should be brought back. So the state of emergency has ended, yet they want new mandates. They want new emergencies. That's how fucking insane these people are. These are the people I live with, and you wonder why I scream. I know you think about it all the time. You go, why does Mike scream so much? Why does Mike get so mad? Why does Mike yell so much? What's wrong with him? Well, this is what's wrong. It's not with me. It's with the 700,000 people I live around who live around me. That's the problem. They have obsessive compulsive disorder and hypochondria. And before March of 2020, no one gave a fuck about them except their therapists. Them and they and their therapists are the only ones that gave a shit about these crazy people. But since then, they've been emboldened where OCD and hypochondria has become the thing, baby. It's become the thing. It's become the mental illness of the decade. How do you say that in French? Du jour is a day. How do you say of the decade in French? Anyway, it's the mental illness of the decade. Your OCD, two of them, and hypochondria become the thing to have if you're in California. The thing to have. And they want to impose. They, once again, I want to make it clear. People can have all the mental illnesses they want. When it affects my life, that's when I kick them in the nuts. That's when I, that's when it, I don't accept it. When you invade my space, you go bye-bye. That's the problem. They want to impose their obsessive compulsive disorder and their hypochondria on us on me. They want me to do what their craziness makes them do. That's not going to happen anymore. It's going to get to the point where I'm actually going to Brooke Jenkins. The, the, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to put Brooke Jenkins, our DA on notice. Cause Brooke likes to, she likes to um, impose her will and prosecute normal citizens, normal law. She likes that. She wants to prosecute normal law abiding citizens who just want good quality of life and let the homeless who shit in the streets and the people go into stores and steal $1,000, knock you over the head, steal you. She wants them to go. They're allowed. There are two rules. There are two. There's the law for the lawless and the law for the law-abiding citizens. We can't, as John Dennis perfectly put it yesterday, a homeless person can go into Walgreens, steal $800 worth of goods, and get away with it. If I, Micah Chopley, who's white and has a house, tries to do it, I would probably get 20 years in jail. Because there's a laws for the homelessness, there's a laws for the lawless, and there's a laws for the law-abiding citizens. And we're the ones that get screwed. So I'm going to put Brooke Jenkins on notice. I'm going to start shoving people's masks down their throats when they try to shove it on my face. That's what I'm going to start doing now. I've given it three years. I've been pacifist and just, and just talked about it for three years. But when they keep on doing this and they keep on trying to make me wear a mask, I'm going to take their mask and shove it down their fucking throat because that's exactly what they did to me for the last thousand and forty fucking days. All right, Brooke? So get ready, Brooke. Get ready, Brooke. Once again, these people belong in a mental institution. They belong in a mental hospital. They don't belong out in the open. 
And they certainly don't. Be- That's something we should have done. You see, what COVID did, it gave us such the opportunity to, to notice who really belongs in a mental hospital. And we should have forcibly put them there. That's something that COVID could have, that could have been a positive and we missed it for the last three years. We were able to see, like in that movie, They Live, where they put the glasses on and they can see who the aliens are. We were able to see for three years exactly, they came out of the wood, before they were in the woodwork, so you really couldn't, you could just go around, you know, say, hey, you, mental health, you, you didn't know. But now we know, now we know who's sick in the fucking head and who should be in a mental hospital getting well, getting better. And we should have forced these people in there. And we didn't do it. We missed our opportunity. We missed our opportunity. After 1,040 days, L.A. needs 30 more days of emergency. And after 1,040 days, these nut jobs here in San Francisco want us to go back to wearing masks in, in, in pharmacies. And they want us to wear masks when we go get a fucking uh, bunion taken off our toe. These people are insane. They are fucking insane. Oh, God. And this is even what I was really going to talk about. The heading of the show is another conspiracy theory proven as fact as the Wuhan. Well, this is what makes me even more angry. You notice I didn't put like, I put another conspiracy theory in quotes because it was all fact. It wasn't a conspiracy theory proven as fact with Wuhan lab leak. I didn't put like, I didn't put like 25 like smiling faces after. It's not like it makes me happy that we're being proven right again. It makes me more angry that it took three fucking years, a thousand and forty days for this to happen. And there's still no punishment. There's still no punishment. We're punishing. This is what we're doing in this world. Okay. In this country, we punish. People who have owned stores for 30 years who spray a homeless person with mild water on a 60-degree day for five seconds. How many people get sprayed with water? How many people get sprayed? Don't kids get sprayed with water from their parents, like, for fun? Does those parents go to jail? Isn't that the same thing? Isn't that the same thing? You got a hose and you see some kids and you're playing around with them and you spray them. Are you going to go to jail? Is the DA going to fucking arrest you for assault? That's exactly what happens in this fucked up nut job city that I live in. Why don't we arrest everyone who sprays someone with water who doesn't want to be sprayed? Let's arrest them all. How many people we arrest every day? A seven, to seven million, ten million in the fucking country? These people are insane. New boss, same as the old boss. New boss, same as the old boss, but the black woman who knows she can't be recalled because she's a black woman mayor puts in a black woman DA hoping that they can't do to her what they did to Chesa Budin because he's a white guy and they can do it. And she's a black woman and they can't do it. That's why the black woman mayor put in a black woman DA to insulate her as the mayor's insulated for any kind of a recall the way the white guy had to go through a recall. That's why. Not for qualifications. She's a fucking idiot. She's a fucking moron, just like the last guy. The black woman DA is a fucking moron, just like the white male DA was. But he can be recalled because he's a white male. And she can't. That's why London Breed is such is such a, oh, what's the word I want to use? What's the word? Conniving, conniving little B. Because she knew what she did. She knew this would insulate Brooke Jenkins, who was as dumb as that Chesa Budin, as fucking useless. 
of a human being as Chesa Budin was. But she's not going to be recalled. Oh, because the San Francisco voters wouldn't dare recall a black female. Well, wouldn't dare. This mayor should have been recalled years ago instead of getting a free year in office. When the election was supposed to be this November and she bought herself another year of 300,000 fucking dollars because the voters here are so fucking stupid, so ignorant that they gave her a free year. They gifted her a free year at the polls. She should have been recalled years ago, but she's a black woman. So the San Francisco liberals will never do it. Oh, no, she's a black woman. She's beyond reproach. She's protected by her race and her gender. How many fucking morons are running things in this country because their race or their gender or their sexual orientation or the fact that they that their name was Blanche and they became Brian or the name was Brian and they became Blanche and now they're fucking protected and they could be as fucking incompetent as they want to be. Once again, people can be incompetent, but when they have control over my life, when they fuck my shit up, that's when I have a problem. We'll talk about the Wuhan lab leak. We'll talk about the Kung flu in a second. But I'm going to bring up so nice. Blanche, you've been sitting there so nice listening to me be very angry. Well, you know, I know, man. It's because you know me, and I'm always so calm, cool, and collected. I never get hyped up. I never get, I never rant. Never, never. I, I never get you, like, I'll give you a thumbs up for that. No. I never don't. get long, I never get long winded or, or uber emphatic about what I'm saying. I'm so different than you, huh, Mike? <laughs> yeah, I know. We're like, we're like two so totally different souls. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they said ironically, but here's the thing is that I feel like I'm talking to a libertarian where it's like, I, I agree with you a thousand percent more than anybody that even people that I respect on the left. But then you go off on something that's like zing and it's like, ah, so for instance, but let me just start with this, man. Now, as soon as somebody quits drinking or quits smoking, all of a sudden, it's the most important thing for everyone on the planet. Everybody needs to quit smoking and everybody needs to quit drinking. Or if you find Jesus, everybody's got to get born again. So let me, me a culpa here. So two things that I just read that's like, oh my God, this is so important. Mike's got to read it. Everybody's got to read it. Okay. But. Check, check it out. One is a conspiracy theory that I thought I was going to be like, all right, let me hear what this guy had to say, because what the hell, you never know. And I expected to be like, yeah, sure. The whole thing about the Palestine derailment was all planned, pre-planned, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay. Uh, now, now. When I read about the mysterious collapse of Building 7 at the World Trade Center or any of that stuff, I don't automatically take the first plausible, you know, construct. Oh, my God, it's true. So, therefore, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. This guy went through it with historical reference. Usually, it's a lot of generalities and assumptions and correlations that aren't factual. He had the goods. He had some receipts. So I'm taking this semi-seriously that the Palestine thing was designed. They intended for that shit to blow up. They did it on purpose. Then you reverse engineer it. Okay, conspiracy theory. Here's something interesting. They have these the medical bracelet things, but not like this. This is a new version of that where they're going to say, yeah, it's on the local news three months ago mm -hmm. in Palestine. 
Yes. Hey, a new bracelet. If you ever have an emergency where there's a whole community, you get sick at once or, or, you know, something or individually. Yeah. Now you'll be able to all tune in. They'll be able to tune into your little wrist thing. Okay. Two things are true. They're very, that's a very unique, according to the person that wrote this thing. This is what I mean. He went into detail. I got to check it out more. But right. he said, this is new. This is different than some of the similar things that have ever been done. This particular type of device technology has never been tried. When similar things have been tried, it's been right next to the tech places. They go nearby. They just hand them out. This is unusual because they want to get feedback from people nearby, number one, and people that they know about their background a little bit. This is unusual to just dump them on a rural area that nobody cares about for all these other reasons. All of a sudden, three months ago, they introduced this brand new technology. Meanwhile, there's that movie that was, remember that movie, right, that was identical to the movie or identical to the derailment and people in Palestine were extras in the movie about a train derailment car blowing up. You know about that, right? No, what are you talking about? I, I really have no idea what you're talking about. I didn't either. I've been, I look, man, when something happens like this, this is why when I go on calling, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back too much because I'm no smarter than anybody else. But before I start opining on it, you probably are. You probably are smarter. No, no, well, I'm, I'm okay, fine, but so what? You know, brains and, uh, and, and, and ignorance are not mutually exclusive. Okay. But what I, you know, so, but I do a deep dive. I don't just pay attention to the people I respect on the left. Oh, wow. I respect them. They're usually right. Let me see. I go to the source. I learned that in seventh grade. I go to the local press, for instance. What are the people in Ohio? Said, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Anyway, this is true. There was a movie. This is, I was on Netflix. This is like big shit. I, I don't pay attention to TV much. I get, I don't even have cable. Wait a minute. There was a movie came out a few years ago. And it was about, about a derailment? train blowing up in Ohio. And they used people from Palestine. It was done about 50 miles away, but in the same same area, right? In the same county, basically. And and they had people from Palestine that were extras in the movie about a a train chemical car blowing up. I've never heard about this. I have to look into it. I will definitely look into it. Oh, it's all over the place. This isn't even debatable. You know what I mean? This is just out there, right? Uh, It's just all over the place because it's a movie. It was a movie that was on Netflix, so it isn't like some obscure bullshit thing that nobody heard about. All right. So anyway, so that happened a few years ago. Now, this guy goes into more detail and he says that the guy, either the producer, director, the actor or whatever in the movie, the main guy was involved with some weird shit that's like, okay, so there's all that. Okay. Now, now that's one, that's part one. And I was like, whoa, this is interesting. Now, Part two is, I didn't know this. Speaking of San Francisco, that's why I called in when I heard you talking about Leland Stanford, who started Stanford University, created Palo Alto in 1870. In 1870, the present day Silicon Valley is a direct, exact extension. It started with Stan- Leland Stanford and it goes to today. And it was a, uh, he deliberately left San Francisco with his riches because San Francisco was the most strongest worker, uh, unionized town, really strong stuff going on in the 1870s. And he said, fuck this. I can't buck the workers. They're too strong. I'll just go create my own reality. And he did. And he brought millions of dollars and smart people and, and founded Stanford University. Here's the point. Here's the bottom line crux. What I would just, I keep looking at this shit and I'm, I'm, you know, like you, I'm pretty, not just smart, but I, I look into shit. And every time I peeled the onion, it, it's bigger and stinkier than you ever thought. The whole idea of Silicon Valley 
was created as a counterweight to the workers. It was deliberately going to be high tech, a way to centralize shit and control the worker. So what we have today in Silicon Valley. okay, and here's another fact. Uh, whether it's Musk, whether it's Google, whether it's a- all these people were at some of these secret meetings way, 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 way back that were involved. That, In other words, it was designed to control people. That It's not like, oh, we created this, this, this thing and now it's going to be used nefariously. No, it was created from Jump Street to be a control device. And, that, and then I was just reading the Unabomber Manifesto. You ever read that? And I'm going to stop there because I know, Mike, you got as much to say as I do. But you ever read the Unabomber? Nope. Reading nope. it because I'm going to be doing a debate about tech versus progress, and it's fascinating. The guy was a terrorist, but so what? They're really smart terrorists. He talks about how technology is ruining us and how it was designed deliberately. The te- technology going back hundreds of years, it's been originally designed as a way to control the masses and take away our humanness and make us more. Going back, He goes back to the Industrial Revolution that mm-hmm. when took over uh, doing all this easier than, 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 than using our arms and legs. But what it did is that he said the humans become oriented to be machine-like, not the other way around. So you can trace back to the Industrial Revolution, Stanford, and all the rest of it. And it's just – it's a really fascinating thing. But uh, back to what you're talking about, another thing the Unabomber talks about is the authoritarianness of the left. Yeah, of course. The yeah. left right winger just as a neutral observer and so mike you're spot on on so many things i'm telling you man you've even opened my eyes to a few things but i've already been down on the left forever it doesn't mean though i'm going to turn to the right like you do but anyway i turn towards the sun like a what was that i turn on like a sunflower i turn towards the sun turn towards the sun anyway thanks for the call and and oh sorry lance we can come back on later i just want to get into the um uh, once again, the Wuhan, the Wuhan lab stuff, right? Because that was like the big story over the weekend. I, I couldn't talk about it yesterday because I had John on the show. Um, but the, the Wuhan lab leak thing, the latest issue, and I'll read, the New York Post wrote about 10 myths, 10 myths told by COVID experts that ended up being totally wrong. 10, not, not one, not four, 10. Okay. Um, but as we know, the Wuhan lab leak story, which Fauci back in 2020 said, oh, there's no way, there's no way, you know, that's a conspiracy theory. You know, Fauci makes me embarrassed to be Italian and a New Yorker. He makes me embarrassed to be Italian and a New Yorker, okay? There are a lot of people who are from New York who I don't agree with, like Bernie, but he doesn't make me embarrassed to be a New Yorker. And there are Italians who I don't agree with, like uh, Cuomo, both of them, Chris and Andrew. But they don't really make me embarrassed to be an Italian. But Tony Fauci makes me embarrassed to be an Italian and a New Yorker. And every time I hear his voice, I want to, I, I want, I want to punch him in his, uh, in his, in his, in his uh, solar plexus, because he's so fucking annoying, and he's such a liar, and he's such a scumbag, and he's killed so many people. He's killed so many people with bad advice and wrong-headed advice because his friends in Big Pharma need to make money, whether it was selling the poison HIV drugs, the AZT, which killed who knows how many people, right? I'll put it this way. The AZT drugs killed more people than COVID. And I don't give a fuck what your legacy media tells you, okay? 
I don't care what Tony Fauci tells you. I don't care what uh, Walensky tells you or Zelensky, anyone Ensky tells you. The AZT killed more people than COVID um, and killed, he- killed people who were once healthy, right? So he killed people during the AIDS uh, pandemic, and now he's killed people again during COVID. So the man makes me sick to my stomach. He makes me absolutely sick to my stomach. Um, and like Ron DeSantis said, I would like to punt him across the Potomac. I would like to literally punt him across the Potomac. Hopefully he lands in the middle and, and drowns. That, that's, that's what I think of Anthony Fauci. You know what I think of Anthony Fauci, but I just have to make it crystal clear. So Anthony Fauci back in 2020 said the lab leak was absolute nonsense, absolute conspiracy theory nonsense, that it came from some bat shit in some kind of a wet market, which was totally made up. There's no bat shit in a wet market. There were no bats there. It was made up. But you see, because Tony Fauci wasn't fucking around um, in, in, uh, in poking around in a wet market, he was poking around the Wuhan lab. He didn't want the theory of the Wuhan lab leak to be true or to any kind of any, even think about it, even discuss it, because then it reflects back on him that he could have started COVID, which he did. And so since he didn't want any connection from the origins of COVID to go back to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, this is a this here's a virus. This is as John Stewart said. This is a virus that started in Wuhan, and Wuhan has an institute of viruses. They have an institute of COVID. Oh, what a shock that it might have started. What a shock that it may have started the Wuhan virus, the Kung flu, as Trump so aptly and hilariously put it, started in the Wuhan Institute of Viruses, of COVID viruses, is so shockingly, oh, it's so out there, man, it's impossible. Of course, that's where it started. But Fauci wanted this squash because it's going to go back to him and they need to nail his ass to the fucking cross on this. The Republicans need to nail his ass to the cross on this. And so he made sure his mafia... His pathetic mafia made sure that anyone who even brought up this theory didn't, not, not even necessarily said it absolutely happened, just said this is a theory. And this is what always, this is what this always was from day one. It was a theory. So don't let them bullshit you and say, oh, no, the, the argument was that people were saying it was definite. No, the argument wasn't that people were saying it was definite. The argument was that people were saying it was possible at all, that there was a 1.2% chance it was possible that was squashed. If you said, I think there's a 1.2% chance it's possible it came that the Wuhan virus, the Wuhan COVID virus came from the Wuhan Institute of Viruses, of COVID viruses, they were squashed. They were canceled. They were deleted. The Fauci mafia made sure those people were destroyed privately and publicly. That's what this little old shriveled up scumbag dwarf did for three years. For three fucking years. So now Biden's own Department of Energy and Biden's own FBI. People talk about the DOE. In other words, it's the DOE and the FBI that are saying it happened. Not possibly. It happened. It came from there. So Fauci, like a little fucking old motherfucker he is, comes out and says, oh, but there's no, I don't see the data. I don't see the data. All of a sudden he cares about data. Did he care about data when it came to lockdowns? Did he care about data when it came to cloth diapers on your face? Did he care about data when it came to the vaccine, when it came to vaccine mandates? Did he care about data then? No. But now he's like, oh, the data, I don't see the data, the data, the data. Fuck you. Fuck you.
Fauci, Fauci, now Fauci says, on top of that, he says, well, I don't see the data, but we need to have an open mind on the lab leak. Oh, he has an open, all of a sudden he has an open mind? No, no, he shut everyone's mouth who had an open mind in 2020. In 2020, he didn't say, let's have an open mind. In 2020, he didn't say, I don't think it did, but let's have an open mind. He said, it didn't, and if you say it did, you're a tinfoil hat uh, conspiracy theorist, and if you're a doctor, you shouldn't be able to practice anymore. That's what he said. That's what he said. So as the New York Post, thank God for the New York Post, the only paper who gets everything right, including Hunter Biden's laptop, said Fauci has an open mind on COVID lab leak. Let's look to rewind the tape. Hit by an expert report concluding that COVID likely leaked from a lab, Dr. Tony Fauci dodged by saying, we may never know the origins of the pandemic, but that we must keep an open mind to all possibilities. Pathetic, disingenuous bull. I'll add shit. Fauci has a miles-long track record of utter closed-mindedness about COVID's origins going back to the very start of the pandemic an effort in which he was aided at every step of the way by a compliant media. The doc called the lab leak theory a shiny object that will go away in April of 2020. That same month, he said the virus mutations were totally consistent with a jump of a species from an animal to a human. Maybe he means from him to us. Maybe that's what he means, from him, an animal, to us. For that, I would agree. I don't think that's what he means. In the May 2020 National Geographic interview, he said, everything strongly indicates the virus evolved in nature and called the lab leak theory a circular argument. In March of 2021, he slammed, he slammed former Central for the, uh, CDC head Robert Redfield's belief in the lab leak hypothesis merely an opinion. June saw him saying that the most likely origin is from an animal species to a human. In October, he claimed it was molecularly impossible for the virus being worked on in Wuhan to have mutated into one responsible for the pandemic. The next month, he claimed that congressional Republicans grills him over the issue were contaminated by a distinct anti-science flavor. And on and on and on. Fauci, of course, desperately wanted the theory to go away, as I said, likely to avoid scrutiny of his own role in funding gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab, theorized as the pandemic's ultimate origin. Indeed, questioned on that subject before Congress, he lied and lied and lied, only to prove the liar when the National Institute of Health admitted passing funds to the Wuhan Institute of Virology via the nonprofit EcoHealth Alliance run by Peter Dezak, who organized his own campaign to suppress the lab leak theory. Of course, the same major media outlets that backed him every step of the way when he fought to suppress all dissent will abet his latest bid to paint himself as a broad-minded seeker after scientific truth. It's hard to know which is more disgusting, the severity of the press or the arrogance of Fauci. I'd like to call him Fauci. That's by the Post editorial board today. That's by the Post editorial board today. Um, Here, also China, (laughs) you want to really laugh? China warns Elon Musk after COVID lab leak comments. The China is warning Twitter CEO Elon Musk against sharing posts to promote the lab leak theory of the coronavirus, suggesting that such commentary could hurt Tesla's relationship with the co- with, the, with the company in China. They're actually they're actually trying to threaten him. The cryptic warning came on a so so. If there's no once again here we go. If there's no credence to this, if it's such a ridiculous Alex Jonesian conspiracy theory, 
Why would China care? Why does China care so much that Elon Musk is talking about this? Well, we know why they care, because it's true, because it started there and Fauci had a lot to do with it. And China did this because they want to kill us. This is a great I'll get more into this in a second, but this is a great way. I talked about this with John Dennis a little bit regarding fentanyl. But this is a great way for an enemy to kill, to destroy its enemy without ever dropping one bomb without one boot on the ground, without sending one missile. It is simply to send diseases to kill people and to send drugs over to make people into zombies. People will have diseases and they'll be zombies. And that's how you destroy your opponent. And that's what China's doing while this old, shriveled up, demented old fool in the White House sends money to the Ukraine. The cryptic warning came on a social media post by the state-run Global Times newspaper. The writer was reacting to Musk commenting on a tweet that mentioned the Department of Energy's conclusion that COVID-19 originated in Wuhan, China. The original tweet from the account, Ken Okea the Great, questioned whether Dr. Anthony Fauci, former director of the NI Institute Allergy, was involved in the development of COVID-19 because he had funded gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab. Exactly. Exactly. He did it via a pass-through organization, EcoHealth. Musk responded, totally true, referring to the nonprofit group that was awarded nearly $8 million, $8 million in federal research grants to study bat coronaviruses in China. The Global Times warned Musk that he could be breaking the pot of China. The saying is similar to the expression to bite the hand that feeds you, according to CNBC's Yunus Yun, who was the first to report on the warning. As noted by the outlet, the electric vehicle maker maintains a factory campus in Shanghai. China is this, he should get the thing the fuck out of there. Fox Business has reached out to Musk and Tesla for comment. The Department of Energy has recently concluded that COVID-19 most likely came from the Wuhan lab. The so-called lab leak theory was widely dismissed as a conspiracy or fringe theory. It was labeled as misinformation by Democrats and major news outlets and social media companies in the early stage of the pandemic, suppressing the theory from being circulated. Daniel. What's up tonight, Daniel? I know, I know, Daniel, I know, you, I know you love Fauci as much as I do. You adore him as much as I, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, me and Julia Roberts. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, here, here's my, <clears throat> my Occam's razor um, um, perspective on, on what likely happened. Um, the simplest explanation for what has happened with regard to lab leak and Fauci's behavior. Um, here we are early in the uh, pandemic. Fauci learns that this virus um, is, is out there and they had funded uh, the work at Wuhan through EcoHealth and he knows it's their virus and he is really concerned. And he was really concerned because this is a virus that's been messed with a lot in the lab um, a whole lot of uh, restriction sites on this thing that, that were spoken about by a number of uh, scientists early on, um, indicating they've been messing around with a lot. And he's thinking this 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 coronavirus, it wasn't it's not a, a slow um, uh, transition through mutation from one coronavirus to the next um, so that we could expect crossover immunity, especially T cells crossover immunity to be all that robust. So this is what he's thinking because he's scared um, because because uh, someone's going to find out that they funded this eco health project and they're going to find out that this escaped. So he's thinking, shit, 
this this could potentially kill a lot of people and it's going to come back and I'm going to be blamed for it. So he thinks people need to be really worried, but he can't tell them what actually happened. So instead, he tries to create create worry and hysteria via other tools. He tries to create worry and hysteria by promoting masks, which initially he said were of no good. But he turns around and says, oh, here's an opportunity to get them as scared as I think they should be. He denies natural immunity in order to get them as scared as they should be, because that's what he's thinking. He's thinking, oh, shit. This vaccine, this this coronavirus has mutated far beyond one would expect to, to occur in nature, and it could it could easily, you know, escape immune escape large parts of our immune system. Um, at least the ability for for crossover reactivity with T cells with with um, with previous strains of coronavirus. So he just keeps hyping, just keeps hyping the shit. Any anything that he finds out there that will hype. The, um, the the fear, the pan hysteria, because he thinks people need to be afraid. Remember in the emails to uh, between him and Collins, he is saying they were, they were going after Jay Padachara and they were saying that people need to be afraid, more afraid of this than, than they are. So here he is. He's trying to create fear and fear, fear and fear, fear and more fear and do everything short of telling the people of this of this world the truth. Which is what, which is that they funded the creation of this virus through EcoHealth, and it somehow got out of the lab. And then here we are, months later, um, maybe early 2020, maybe around April or so, and we're all learning that hey, this is really a pussycat. Um, <laughs> this 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 virus isn't all that bad. But this by this time, he's just in way 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 too deep, and. He still he still doesn't want anyone to find out that um, he funded through through NIH through NAIAD um, funded the Eco Health Project, and so he just continues on with promoting the hysteria. He's just following the the the, the, the uh, path that he had already blazed there, and it's too, he can't back out at this point. And then we have you know two and a half more years of hysteria. Um, two and a half more years of denying natural immunity, two and a, uh, a year and a half of promoting the shittiest vaccine in the world, all because Fauci couldn't tell the fucking truth. Well, Fauci doesn't tell the truth because it implicates him in... in, in, in exactly. In, yeah, but he I wanted think. people to be afraid because he was afraid of what he did. Right. And it, that's a smokescreen. Once you're afraid, when you go into fear, you don't think about anything else, right, except your fear. And that's obviously what he wanted. But stay on the line with me. There's something else that you might have seen this because you you follow him that Jay Bhattacharya shared uh, shared from National File. Moderna, listen to this. Moderna made a $400 million license agreement payment to Dr. Anthony Fauci's former government organization of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, proving the crony relationship between big pharma. So this is more money, big pharma and big government during the age of the coronavirus scandemic. National File previously reported the National Institute of Health, of which NIAID is a member, actually has an intellectual property ownership stake in the Moderna coronavirus injection. Moderna kicked $400 million to NIAID as revealed in a company uh, earnings release. Moderna refers to the payment as a catch-up payment, in quotes. Dr. Anthony Fauci headed NAID for decades, including during the start of the coronavirus pandemic, before recently stepping away from the role, as National File reported, Fauci's NIAID funded a Wuhan 
Institute of Virology project on bat coronavirus, and the U.S. Department of Energy now confirms that coronavirus likely emerged from the Wuhan lab. Uh, National File also reported that the University of Pennsylvania, which hosts and funds, uh, which hosts and funds Joe Biden's think tank, <laughs> the Biden, the Penn Biden Center, makes money from the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine and the Moderna vaccine, and actually receives milestone payments. For more vaccines sold. In June 2020, National File reported NIH owned a financial stake in the Bill Gates funded Moderna coronavirus vaccine, raising big questions about the supposed impartiality of the federal government's policy decisions during the coronavirus outbreak. Dr. Anthony Fauci, a financial ally of Bill Gates, whose institute is part of NIH, has been critical of hydroxychloroquine, and the FBI even raided a health spa. Uh, serving intravenous vitamin C, which are competitors to a vaccine. Um, we do have some particular stake in the intellectual property from Moderna vaccine, stated Francis Collins. One of the vaccines, the one that's furthest along, which started actually at the federal government in our own vaccine research center at NIH, then worked with a biotechnology company called Moderna to get to where we are now. A very impressive phase one result. Very impressive. Very impressive, Daniel. And getting really ready to go into a large-scale trial as early as July. That one, of course, we do have some particular stake in the intellectual property. Others, though, come from companies who have invested their efforts into getting them to the point where they might now be ready for a trial, Collins stated. And uh, uh, Jay Bhattacharya said, the NIH should play no role in recommending therapies in which it has a financial stake. So this is more follow-the-money corruption. This is all, Daniel, this is like their house of cards collapsing, is it not? It is, and and I really feel it. I'm really feeling that um, on these these last couple of days that um, there, this is this is a big turning point. Um, I, I, I'm all, everything that 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 we are learning seems to be consistent and and most easily easily explained with with the, what I just laid out. Fauci was terrified of what he did, so he did everything to create uh, fear in. Uh, um, people across the globe, it, everything short of telling them the truth. And, and because that, that truth, which would also have created fear, would have, would, would, would have um, um, damaged him and would have not only damaged him, would have damaged his organization, the NIAAD, and it would have damaged everyone with that he has built um, connections with over his entire life. So he couldn't tell the truth, but he wanted to create fear because he was, he was seriously and genuinely interested in people um, not dying. And um, but he just didn't tell the truth and, and not and not telling the truth created far, far, far more hysteria than he should have. It turns out. And then he couldn't go back. He just couldn't go back. And and so he continued on with with the with the vaccines he, um, in, in the in the hopes that um, that that uh, he's, he's still he's still fearful and in the hopes that the vaccine will he he I mean he must have known like everybody else that's not biologically illiterate that the vaccines weren't going to do much of anything they certainly were going to weren't going to prevent transmission and infection of such a rapidly mutating virus at, and certainly weren't going to to um, create much immunity of any kind because it was only to one antigen the spike antigen. So he must have known that, but he he was probably thinking, well, at least it might it, it might treat severe disease. And I mean, he's grasping at straws at this point because he's still thinking, oh, people people are going to catch on. They're going to know it came out of the the Wuhan lab, and then I'm finished. 
um, and the NIAID is finished and everything's tits up. So, yeah, I think it's all about him trying to protect himself and those around him. And and in order to do that, he had to create a surrogate fear to make people as fearful as he thought they should be, which was a gross overestimate of how fearful they needed to be. Absolutely. Absolutely right. You said it it perfectly. That's exactly right. And it was all the smokescreen because he knew he knew it would all come back to him. He knew it would all come back to him. And once again, I look, my concern is that he's going to uh, fade away naturally before they can really get to him. And the Republicans have to speed this. They, they just speed this process up. They have to speed the speed the process. I don't I don't want I don't want to get a, have a jail, get jail out of free card. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I think Fauci's in good health. I see him around. He's going to be around for another ten years at least. I think. I mean, the guy's guy's in good health. His brain is in good health. Um, unless you know, unless um, you know, fate comes along and just um, gives him deals him uh, cancer or, uh, or a heart attack or something along the line. Here, he's going to be around um, long enough for us to bring him to justice. And like I said, I am really feeling it these last few days. There's a lot that's happened these last few days. And I'm really feeling that the, the tide is turning and that there is going to be an accountability of the type that we want and need so that this, this can never happen again. And I'll sign off at that. Thanks, Daniel. I appreciate the call as always. As always. Well, I do want to read. This is uh, Marty McCarry. In fact, he had just Marty McCarry was on was on uh, Tucker Carlson. And I just missed it. But here's Marty McCarry. He was talking about, I guess, this uh, this column he wrote today in the post. Um, In the past few weeks, a series of analysis published by highly respected researchers have exposed the truth about public health officials during COVID. Much of the time, they were wrong. Yeah, what were they right about? To be clear, public health officials were not wrong for making recommendations based on what was known at the time. That's understandable. You go with the data you have. No, they were wrong because they refused to change their directives in the face of new evidence. When a study did not support their policies, They dismissed it and censored opposing opinions. At the same time, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention weaponized research itself by putting out its own flawed studies in its own non-peer-reviewed medical journal, MMWR. In the final analysis, public health officials actively propagated misinformation that ruined lives and forever changed public trust in the medical profession. Here are 10 ways they misled Americans. Number one. National immunity offers little protection compared to the vaccinated immunity. A Lancet study looked at 65 major studies in 19 countries on natural immunity. The researchers concluded that national immunity was at least as effective as the primary COVID vaccine series. In fact, the scientific data was there all along. From 160 studies, despite the findings of these studies violating Facebook's misinformation policy. Since the uh, Athenian plague of 430 B.C., it has been observed that those who recovered after infection were protected against severe disease if reinfected. This was also the observation of nearly every practicing physician during the first 18 months of the COVID pandemic. Most Americans who were fired for not having the vaccine already had antibodies that effectively neutralized the virus, but they were antibodies that the government did not recognize. Misinformation number two, Masks prevent COVID transmission. Cochrane reviews are considered the most authoritative and independent assessment of the evidence in medicine. In one published last month, 
by a highly respected Oxford research team found that masks had no significant impact on COVID transmission. When asked about his this definitive review, CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky downplayed it, arguing that it was flawed because it focused on randomized controlled studies. But that was the greatest strength of the review. Randomized studies are considered the gold standard of medical evidence. How fucking moronic is he? Of course, I'm saying this, not Marty. Of course, he would to a man. What a fucking idiot is he? How, how does this fucking idiot become head of the CDC? If, if all the energy used by public health officials to mask toddlers could have been channeled to reduce child obesity by encouraging outdoor activities, we'd be better off. Misinvasion number three, school closures reduce COVID transmission. The CDC ignored the European experience of keeping schools open, most without mask mandates. Transmission rates were no different, evidenced by studies conducted in both Spain and Sweden. Information number four. Myocarditis in the vaccine is less common than from the infection. Public health officials downplayed concerns about vaccine-induced myocarditis, inflammation of the heart muscle. They cited poorly designed studies that undercaptured complication rates. A flurry of well-designed studies said the exact opposite. We now know that myocarditis is 6 to 28 times more common after the COVID vaccine than after the infection among 16 to 24-year-old males. Tens of thousands of children likely got myocarditis, mostly subclinical, from a COVID vaccine they did not need because they were entirely healthy or because they already had COVID. Misinvasion number five, young people benefit from a vaccine booster. Boosters reduced hospitalizations in older, high-risk Americans, but the evidence was never there that they lower COVID mortality in young, healthy people. That's probably why the CDC chose not to publish its data on hospitalization rates among boosted Americans under 50 when it published the same rates for those over 50. Oh, how convenient. Ultimately, White House pressure to recommend boosters for all was so intense that the FDA's two top vaccine experts left the agency in protest, writing scathing articles on how the data did not support boosters for young people. Misinformation number six, vaccine mandates increased vaccination rates. President Biden and other officials demanded that unvaccinated workers, regardless of their risk or national immunity, be fired. They demand that soldiers be dishonorably discharged and nurses be laid off in the middle of a staffing crisis. The mandate was based on the theory that vaccinations reduce transmission rates, a notion later proven to be false. But after the broad recognition that vaccination does not reduce transmission, the mandates persisted and still do to this day. A recent study from George Mason University details how vaccine mandates in nine major U.S. cities had no impact on vaccination rates. They also had no impact on COVID transmission rates. Misinformation number seven, COVID originating from the Wuhan lab is a conspiracy theory. Google admitted to suppressing searches of lab leak in quotes during the pandemic. Dr. Francis Collins, head of the NIH, claimed and still does he didn't believe the virus came from a lab. Ultimately, overwhelming circumstantial evidence points to a lab leak origin. The same origins suggested by Dr. Tony Fauci by two very prominent virologists in January of 2020, meeting these meeting he assembled at the beginning of the pandemic. According to documents obtained by Brett Baer of Fox News, they told Fauci and Collins that the virus may have been manipulated and originated in the lab, but then suddenly changed their tune in public comments days after meeting with them. <laughs> the virologists were then later awarded $9 million from Fauci's agency. How much of a little scumbag is this fucking dwarf? 
Misinformation, once again, that's me, not Marty. If you didn't know. Misinformation number eight. It was important to get the second vaccine dose three or four weeks after the first dose. Remember that one? Remember that hit? That 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 uh, data was clear in the spring of 2021, just months after the vaccine rollout, the spacing the vaccine out by three months reduces complication rates and increases immunity. Spacing out vaccines would have also saved more lives when Americans were rationing a limited vaccine supply at the height of the pandemic of the epidemic misinformation number nine data on the bivalent vaccine is crystal clear dr ashisha Jha formerly famously said this despite the bivalent vaccine being approved using data from eight mice to date there's never been a randomized controlled trial of the bivalent vaccine in my opinion the data are crystal clear that young people should not get the bivalent vaccine it would have also spared many children's myocarditis. Misinformation number 10. One in five people get long COVID. The CDC and prevention claims that 20% of COVID infections can result in long COVID, but a UK study found that only about 3% of COVID patients had residual symptoms lasting maybe 12 weeks. What explains the disparity? It's often normal to experience mild fatigue or weakness for weeks after being sick and inactive and not eating well. Citing these cases long, calling these cases long COVID is the medicalization of ordinary life. What's most amazing about all the misinformation conveyed by the CDC and the public health officials is that there have been no apologies for holding on to their recommendations for so long after data became apparent that they were dead wrong. Public health officials said you must when the correct answer should have been, eh, we're not sure. Early on, in the absence of good data, public health officials chose a path of stern paternalism. Today, they are in denial of a mountain of strong studies showing they were wrong. At a minimum, the CDC should come clean, and the FDA should add a warning label to COVID vaccines, clearly stating what is now known. A mea culpa by those who led us astray would be a first step to rebuilding trust. And then the second step is putting them on trial, and the third step is putting them in jail. That's, 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 once again, I added that. I added that. And by the way, if I were president, I would outlaw the vaccine. If I were president, I would outlaw the vaccine. I would eliminate all funding for more vaccine. And that's the way you do it. You just eliminate the funding. They can't make any more. And it's done. I would no longer allow the vaccine to be put in anyone's arm for the rest of mankind, for the rest of time. That's what I would do. So I'd go a little further than Marty. But he actually, Marty just says those are the first steps. And he says at the, at the minimum. They should add a warning label. So, <clears throat> but this is basically, Marty puts 10 things up here. This is everything. There's nothing they were right about. There is nothing they were right about. They were wrong about everything. Everything. And they continue to add to these things, right? Long COVID became a more recent thing that they, they that they're the bullshit they're talking about. That one in five people get long COVID. You know what one in five people have? Long mental illness. That's what they have now. People have long mental illness, like the people in San Francisco who want to continue masking. People have long mental illness. It's mind over matter. They think they're still sick, and mentally they are. So I would agree that we should take this from the medical to the psychological. Like take it out of the hands of the medical doctors and put it in the hands of the therapists, because one in five people might be still fucked up, but it's mental illness. It's long mental illness. It's also a long excuse. Think about it. You can use COVID as an excuse for everything now, right? I don't want to get. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to do this. Uh, give just give me money. I don't, we have athletes who say they have long COVID because they don't want to play on shitty teams. 
but they're still allowed to get their, you know, 20 million a year salary. So this has become an excuse now. It's become it's been OK to use COVID as an excuse, a long excuse. It's an excuse forever. It's an excuse for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life, you can use having COVID as an excuse. So why not do it, right? You're going to get away with it because morons are running the country. That's why. So you always get away with it, at least until Ron DeSantis takes over on January 20 of 2025. Uh, here's another one. This is CCP government intentionally released COVID-19. This is what I said all over the world, says a Chinese virologist, a very good Chinese virologist, by the way. A Chinese virologist who sounded the alarm in early 2020 about where the coronavirus came from said Monday that the U.S. had reached a milestone achievement after a classified intelligence report from the Energy Department reportedly found the virus most likely originated in a Chinese lab. Dr. Li Meng Yan told Tucker Carlson tonight in September of 2020 that the Chinese government intentionally manufactured and released COVID-19 virus, leading to nationwide shutdowns and deaths. And I know people will say to me, but Mike, their own people died. They don't give a shit. The Chinese have killed millions of people before. But Mao killed, well, how many million? 80 million? 100? They don't give a shit. They don't, the Chinese don't care if their own people have to die. They don't, they don't care. What do they care? As long as they can knock out, as long as they can knock America out, knock the West out with viruses, with balloons, with my, with uh, with fentanyl, they don't give a fuck if there's some casualties. It's a war to them. There are always going to be casualties in war of your own countrymen. They don't give a fuck. Host Tucker Carlson asked Jan on Monday if she still believes the virus was intentionally released nearly three years after the pandemic started. Of course, it wasn't an accident, she responded. Maybe people who don't have this kind of biosafety lab, three or four years experience on coronavirus, Maybe it's easy for them to accept the accidental leak theory. However, I'm a scientist working in a research lab using coronavirus. And I can tell you, based on the print protocol and also the other surveillance system, it would be impossible for the lab leak to accidentally happen in such a lab and cause the Wuhan outbreak and also the pandemic, Yan said. So definitely now we just reached the first step. It was from a Chinese lab. And we need to pursue the truth of origin and we need to keep going on. Carlson suggested the Chinese government unleash COVID-19 to destroy Western economies and elevate their own position globally. Yes. Yan said, based on the evidence that she has seen in the source she has spoken to, the virus was intentionally brought out of this very strict lab and released in the community. However, I don't think the outbreak in Wuhan was intentional. I would say it's because the CCP government and the military scientists underestimated the transmissibility, she added. There you go. That's what, what finally got out of control and cost was a local outbreak. However, we should know that the CCP government intentionally let it go all over the world to kill millions of people all over the world later. Jan was a respected doctor who specialized in virology and immunology at the Hong Kong School of Public Health before fleeing in April of 2020 as she began looking into the growing number of cases coming out of mainland China that involved human-to-human -human transmission. She said she reported her findings to her supervisor on January 16th, but that's when he allegedly told her to keep silent and be careful. <clears throat> As he warned me before, don't touch the red line, Jan said, referring to the government. We will get in trouble and we'll be disappeared. Can you believe this, this is what her superior told her? We'll be disappeared, Jan. Shut up. Oh, my God. Oh, talk about movies. I mean, this is getting so dark. This is getting so fucking dark. And it's going to get darker and darker and darker, darker and darker and darker. But the, the, my Republican, my Republican friends need to get on this and just really just hand out subpoenas, 
get people in front of the of Congress, prosecute people because they all lied. They can prosecute. They're not the, they should just prosecute Fauci on the lies that have already been proven. He took an oath. He testified in front of the Congress. He lied. He should go to jail for purging. He should lie. He purged himself. He goes to jail. Jail. Go to jail. Kick the fucking little dwarf into a jail cell and close it. I, I propose reopening Alcatraz just for the people who killed us over the last three years. Just for the people who, who destroyed us, killed people, destroyed our society, <clears throat> committed these atrocities over the last three years. I think we reopen Alcatraz. And you know what? Reopen Alcatraz, throw them in the sails, and keep it as a tourist thing so people like myself can take the ferry and go see them. That's what we should do. That, that's, my, that's my proposal. We'll see if, it, uh, if anyone picks up on it. It would make trips to Alcatraz much more exciting, and not just much more exciting, but they make a lot of money. Tourism might come back in San Francisco, and we'll talk about the lack of tourism in San Francisco in a second. More truths coming out, more truths and facts coming out. But there is some good news. I want to get to some good news before I go back to bad news, all right, because it's been an hour of bad news. Um, I'm going to let you in, Coach, in a second, Lance. Relax. Stay there. Stay there. What is, what is Lance? What is a fucking NBA game where you go in and out, an AHL game? I think of it more like a baseball game. Once you're out, you can't come back till the next game. But I like you, Lance. In fact, I love you, Lance. I'll put you back on shortly. Stay there. Don't go anywhere. Because you know what? You calm me down, Lance. You really do. You know, my monologue was very angry and for a reason. I deserve to be angry. But you really, you really, you calm my nerves, man. You calm my nerves. Lori Lightfoot's gone. Beetlejuice is gone. But as Daniel reminded me, you don't say the name three times, right? Because you'll, is that three times? Yes. Candyman is five times. I get mixed up. I think Candyman is five times. They both took place in, well, Candyman took place in Chicago in Cabrini Green. And of course, Beetlejuice is alive in, and alive in Chicago, but not well. Not well. She lost. She's gone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Valet and Johnson came in first and second. I think Valet had like, uh, Valet, is that his name Valet? Am I getting it right? Look, Beetlejuice is actually trending. How hilarious is that? Beetlejuice is trending on Twitter. Yeah, adios, Beetlejuice. That's right. Um, so uh, the, she finished third, I believe. She got like 60. Think of this. This is a, an incumbent mayor. By the way, Chicago politics is so corrupt that this is the first time an incumbent mayor has lost in four decades. This is the first time. I want to say that again. The first time the incumbent mayor has lost re-election in 40 years in Chicago. That's how corrupt Chicago. You're telling me those incumbents always won legitimately? Of course not. Especially back in the daily days, right? Um, but she's out. She's out. She got like she got like 15, 16% of the vote. Think about that. Yes. Paul Vallis, not Valet. Paul Vallis got 35%. Brandon Johnson, 20%. And Lori Lightfoot got 16%. And Chewy Garcia got 14%. You know, I saw this guy, Chewy Garcia, running. And I saw his photo. I'm like, Chewy Garcia? Where do I know Chewy Garcia? I met Chewy Garcia. I met Chewy Garcia. He was a Bernie uh, representative. He was a Bernie delegate uh, in 2020. And I met him in Nevada, the Nevada caucus, which Bernie, you know, kicked everyone's ass. One huge. Biden got, like, no nothing out of it. And um, that was the last... That was the last. Where'd you go, Lance? Lance has no patience. I just kissed his ass for five fucking minutes. Hang on, how much I loved him. Maybe he'll come back. Anyway, um, yeah. So I met Chewy Garcia in uh, in Nevada, in Vegas, in uh, in 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 twenty twenty, at the at the Vegas caucus, the Nevada caucus. Uh, 
invading. So the Nevada caucus, that was what? That was the third one, right? Yeah, Bernie won New Hampshire. He won Iowa, New Hampshire, and then he kicked ass in Nevada. And then, uh, what's his name? Uh, that scumbag uh, shop dresser, what's his name, in, in South Carolina there, um, fixed everything for Biden. Fixed everything for Biden. Uh, and everything changed in in the South Carolina primary. But those are good times. We were, we were high on the hog. I was high on Bernie. He had won the first three primaries, uh, the, fir the first two primaries and the first three uh, elections, and it was great. And that's where I met Chewy, and we took a photo. I must have a photo of him somewhere. He was a really cool guy. And I was thinking, all right, well, he's unfortunately, he's a progressive, and I, you know, I don't care for progressives anymore. But he certainly would have been a better mayor than Laurie Lightfoot. But anyway, it's not going to happen. He came in fourth. So Paul Vallis is first. He really did well. Paul Vallis got almost twice as many votes as the second place guy, Brandon Johnson. So it looks good for Paul Vallis going into the runoff. There's a runoff now because you get to get 50%. I hate these runoffs. I really hate that this is all this money. It's ridiculous. It's all a money-making game. Okay, there were nine candidates, and Vallis got more than one out of – so out of nine candidates, he got 150,000 votes. He got more. He got 35%. So he got more than one out of every three votes in a nine-person – he should be the mayor. There shouldn't have to be another fucking election. It's ridiculous. This is all about money. You see, this is the worst of capitalism. This, this, just, this just sucks. But anyway, there's a runoff. But he's obviously has a leg up because he beat the other guy, Brandon, by almost two to one. So Brandon got 20. Lightfoot got 16. She's out. And Valet and, and Vallis and Johnson. And I'm a Vallis guy. Vallis is, uh, was, he got, he, he basically won this runoff. He, he won this, um, election, this nine person race, basically talking about crime. He was talking about crime. Everything was crime, 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 crime. And that ended up being, the winning ticket in Chicago, as you can imagine. So I hope he keeps on, 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 on talking about crime. And he was endorsed by the police union. Brandon Johnson, who I don't know that much about. He seems like a nice guy, uh, was endorsed by the teachers union. Eh. So I don't know. Um, but they both, they're both educators. They both come from an education background. So that's it. Lori's out. That's the most important thing. She's gone. No more. No more. Thank goodness. I was concerned. I was concerned that if Lori Lightfoot won re-election, Chicago was doomed forever. But it turns out they did the right thing. So that's good news. Good news is Lori Lightfoot is gone. Lord, no, someone posted it with the three. With, someone posted a tweet with. Can, can we say it three times? I guess we can. She's she's gone. She's out. Okay, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. She's gone. She can't hurt us anymore. She can't hurt Chicago anymore. That's the most important thing. She cannot hurt the city of Chicago anymore. But unfortunately, I'm not in Chicago. Maybe I can move to Chicago one day. But uh, but not yet because that bloated Pritzker is still the governor. So, um, But I'm in San Francisco, right? I'm not in Chicago. I'm in San Francisco. And uh, unfortunately, the people here are just about as incompetent as Lori Lightfoot. You know, we have an incompetent uh, mayor, London Breed. We have incompetent governor uh, in, in Gavin Newsom, who claims, who claims, by the way, that we are the free state. We're the free state of, uh, of, of, of California, the free state of California and the free city of San Francisco within the free state of California. Well, it's reported today, the San Francisco's pandemic recovery among the worst in nation study. Fund. All these studies are proving, you know, so all these studies 
three years later, starting to approving us right now. All of a sudden, they're doing studies. Well, let me ask. I, I want to ask a question. I want to ask a question. This might be rhetorical, but uh, am I a genius? How did I know all this stuff without studies? How, how did I know? Not just me, but I'm the one talking right now. It's my show. How did I know? How did I know what was right? Those 10 things that the, that the doctors and experts got wrong, I got all of them right. I, I, I must be a fucking genius. I must be like a fucking Einstein. How did, I get, how did Micah Chopley get it right when doctors and experts and scientists and politicians got it wrong and the media got it wrong? Did I know something that they didn't know? How come I didn't need all these studies three years later? I must be, maybe it's clairvoyance, maybe I'm a fucking genius. I don't know. But anyway, uh, the San Francisco's recovery from the throes of the COVID-19 pandemic is one of the worst in the country among major metropolitan areas, according to an economic recovery tracker launched Tuesday. Among the 25 largest metro areas in the country by regional gross domestic product, San Francisco's pandemic recovery ranked 24th on the Regional Economic Recovery Index, besting only Baltimore. Hey, better than Baltimore. San Jose fared better, but still back half of the ranking at 16th. The Austin, Dallas, and Denver metro. Look, I, I talk about Austin. Look who pops in the room. The Austin, Dallas, and Denver metro areas have had the greatest recovery to date. So Austin, Dallas, and Denver all have the greatest recoveries to date. Uh, according to the Bay Area Council. Now, I'll, I'll just add to this. So Austin and Dallas are in Texas. Greg Abbott's Texas. Now, Denver, you say, Mike, I gotcha. 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 No, no. But in, in Denver, see, Jennifer Say, you know Jennifer Say, who ran uh, Levi's and was fired because she came out against mandates and such. And, and, and oh, uh, children, you know, not being at closing of schools and all that stuff. And Daniel Kotzen, her husband, who was big on Twitter, they moved from San Francisco to Denver because Denver was not nearly as bad as San Francisco with the lockdowns open up sooner and the schools were open sooner. You see, so San Francisco had the first lockdown and the longest lockdown. And what happened? We're at the fucking bottom of the barrel. Denver did it the right way. Not not as good as Florida. But Denver and Colorado did it a lot better than most blue cities and blue states. That's why, say, in Kotzen moved from San Francisco to Denver. So Austin, Dallas, and Denver have had the greatest recovery to date. Pandemic recovery was measured via 15 different metrics, including local job growth, pol- uh, population growth, office occupancy, labor growth, force growth, sales tax receipts, and the construction of new housing. San Francisco recovery rank includes data from Oakland and Berkeley, while San Jose's includes data from Sunnyvale and Santa Clara. The Bay Area is competing for its economic future, and in any competition, it's critical to know where we stand and where we need to invest time, energy, and resources to succeed, said Jeff Balasaro, the Bay Area Council Economic Institution Executive Director. The Economic Institute developed the index in partnership with the commercial real estate uh, firm CBRE and its Tech Insights Center. Let's see if we can get more information here. San Francisco also ranked last on the index's measure of economic activity with a score of just 3.2 out of 100. 3.2 out of 100, driven mainly by the city's sales tax revenue, falling 96 million. So the city's sales tax revenue fell $96 million from what? 2019 huh? to 2021. Washington, D.C. was the next closest region with a score of 12.7. So listen to this. Washington, D.C. was the next closest. At 12.7, San Francisco is 3.2.
The stock drop in sales tax receipts and passengers boarding flights, the two metrics tracked for economic activity, has also had a cascading effect, and the city and local government bodies, like transportation agencies, all face budget issues. San Jose and San Francisco scored well in just one category here. One category. Okay? Investment. Ha! With the San Jose metro area attracting the most venture capital funding. <laughs> this is ridiculous. God. This is just... So, here we go. Great job, London Breed. Great job. Yeah, roaring back. How many times over the last year and a half have we heard, roaring back? Roaring back! And these idiots here still want people to be forced to wear masks to go into supermarkets and drugstores like CVS and Walgreens so we can kill them. Let's kill all the drugstores so you can't buy medicine anymore. How about that, you fucking morons? Between between mandates, between them getting robbed every day, multiple times a day, between crime and politicians imposing their will, their will on people and businesses, why don't we totally destroy them? Let's totally destroy them. How'd you like it if you can't get medicine anymore? Well, these people don't take their meds anyway, so they probably don't care. <sighs> so that's bad news number one for San Francisco. There's, there's more bad news, though, for San Francisco. And uh, look, this is mimicked in other cities. This is mimicked in other places like L.A. and New York. Um, but I, I guarantee you this. Let's, let's do this study. I bet you cities in Florida aren't having the problem San Francisco. Let's see if the cities in Florida are having the same problem that San Francisco is having economically. I wonder why the cities in Florida aren't on these lists. Why isn't Tampa and Fort Lauderdale and Miami and Orlando and Jacksonville and Daytona Beach? Why aren't they on the list of this, of the economically destroyed city? I wonder what, what could it be? What, did they, what, what, what happened differently there? I, I don't know. I'm racking my brain to figure out what happened differently there. What happened differently there, folks? What happened? What happened? Yeah, as Kevin Dalton writes, after three years, Gavin Newsom finally relinquishes his state of emergency powers over California. It only cost us uh, a million residents, probably more, tens of thousands of small businesses, probably more, your child's education, yes, and our basic freedom. Congratulations, Gavin. Great job. Great job. Roaring back. State of freedom. State of freedom. Here, here's another thing. Here. This also happened during the pandemic, if you remember. San Francisco has to, here, it's an already broke city. The already broke city of San Francisco. The already broke city of San Francisco has to pay a hotel called the Tilden Hotel $2.9 million after a lawsuit claims unhoused guests damaged the building during the pandemic. The city of San Francisco passed nearly $3 million in funds Tuesday to renovate one of the hotels used to house those experiencing homelessness during the pandemic. According to Supervisor Dean Preston's office, which oversees the Tenderloin, where the Tilden Hotel is located, the city's Board of Supervisors unanimously approved $2.9 million for renovations. It comes after a lawsuit by the hotel's parent company alleging property damage caused by shelter-in-place guests during the pandemic. A former employee of the hotel, speaking on the occasion of anonymity, said the unhoused guests create a mess, destroying the walls, flooring, and even televisions. We're also seeing this now with the immigrants in New York City hotels. As San San Francisco ends its COVID state of emergency Tuesday, the hotel industry is bracing to welcome back tourism and guests. Yeah, good luck. To the city's 30,000-some-odd rooms. According to the hotel council, 
pre-pandemic occupancy was around 80% and dropped to a low of 8% by the end of 2022. It had rebounded to just under 60%. When ABC7 News stopped by the Hotel Tilden, which advertised itself as the best hotel in San Francisco, to learn more about the settlement and how funds will be used in their renovation, it was closed. <laughs> calls, calls to the PR company were also unanswered. So we've seen this in New York with the immigrants, and we saw it during the pandemic with the homeless and the, and the liberals in San Francisco. Oh, Mike, the homeless just need a home. Just give them a roof. Give them shelter. That's all they need. The homeless need a home. Warm hugs. Oh. No, as we said, they destroy these things. One, because they have no skin in the game. They're not paying for it. You know, if you don't pay for something, you easily shit on it. There's no skin in the game. This is why a lot of Airbnbs are ruined by people. Because there's no, they have no skin in the game. This is why hotel rooms, when you go, on top of those ridiculous resort fees, which we need to get rid of and put them more up front, take like a deposit. They take a, a, a incidental deposit or a security deposit, usually 100 bucks, 200 bucks, so you don't fucking destroy the thing. They take your credit card, so you have to pay for it if you ruin something. This is the point. These people have no skin in the game. They don't care. It's not their place. They're not, they didn't buy it. They're not even renting it. They're not paying anything for it. When you give people free shit, they fuck shit up. They ruin it. That's what they do. And when you're talking about homeless people, especially, you're talking about people with drug addictions, drug addictions, mental illnesses. They don't know what it's like to live with a roof over their head. They don't know how not to be destructive. So until you until you address those root causes of homelessness, just putting a roof over people's heads is not the answer. They will destroy that roof. We've talked about this a million times. There were reports in New York with the immigrants that are being put up free in, in five-star hotels that they're fucking in the hallways, that there's beer, or low Corona beer, whatever beer they like, all over the place, burritos. They're throwing away food. They're giving free chicken sandwiches, turkeys. They don't want it because it's not their native food. When will liberals learn? When will they learn? Oh, but all you oh, – Mike, that's the answer to – look, I'm being a little mean. The people who tell me this are good people. I'm not saying the people who tell me this are not good people, but they're wrong. They're just wrong. That the answer to homelessness, homelessness is giving people a home. It's not the answer. Not even close. Not even close. It's so much more complicated than that. I know why liberals like easy solutions. They like easy, you know, warm sounding, virtue signaling, woke, heart on your sleeve solutions. Homelessness, home, done. Homelessness, home, done. Money, Ukraine, Russia loses. Money, Ukraine, Russia loses. Wear a mask, virus goes away. Stay inside, virus goes away and dies. Get a vaccine, never get the virus again. They like these really these simplistic, stupid things where there's no thought behind them. There's no thought. There's no evidence. There's no facts. There's no, no studies till now. This is what they like. Because really getting down to the root causes of things, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. You might have to come out of your, you know, I took acting classes. They would have said, Mike, you got to come out of your comfort zone. You can't just play yourself. You got to come out of your comfort zone. And liberals have these comfort zones that they don't want to come out of. Because, you know, you might have to talk about race a little bit. <gasps> Real, But really talk about it, not just label someone a racist. 
really talk about issues like drug addiction. <gasps> no, can't do that. Really get to the root causes of things, which once again might disturb your worldview a little bit, a little bit. And they don't want to do it. They'd rather virtue signal and have these simplistic black and white solutions, which never fucking work. They never, ever work. When you see stories of like a homeless person getting a home, they build a home for people sometimes. And the people, you see this on TV, you see the story. They're not crazy. They're not drug addicts. If they had that problem, they got over it. They got better. And yes, those people, when you give them those things, will appreciate it and take care of it because they can. Because they have the wherewithal and they know by destroying that, they go back to the streets again, right? They understand that mentally, they get it. Mentally, they, they must take care of this place because they won't have a place again if they don't take care of it. It's their one last shot. But they have to be in the right state of mind to understand that. So yes, eventually you can build more homes. As John Dennis said yesterday, a conservative, he's for building housing. He's for for building more homes. He's for it. But there are other things you must do first. So they don't go into a hotel and destroy it. They don't go into a house and destroy it. They don't go into an SRO and destroy it. They don't burn it down and kill everyone else in there as well. They don't cook up meth and drugs and kill everybody. Come on. Come on. Uncommon sense. There are solutions. But sometimes we need to come out of our comfort zone. And Lance, I was going to put him back on. Lance left. He couldn't take it anymore. He couldn't take it. He couldn't take waiting. Some people have no patience. Some people have no fucking patience. What can you do? I won't, I won't hold it against him. Um, so, yeah, so there's that. So there's a sorry state of San Francisco. But look, Chicago, who knows? Long way to go. It's going to take a lot to repair Chicago. It's going to take a lot to repair Chicago. And what's really sad, what really gets me the most upset is that some of these cities are my favorite cities, New York, Chicago, San Francisco, were some of my favorite cities before liberals totally destroyed them. Before this wokeness and woke agenda, virtue signaling agenda totally destroyed them. Those were three of my favorite cities in this country were New York, Chicago, and San Francisco. Now they're all in the dumps. They're all shitholes. And it's going to take, there's been so much damage done by these people, so much damage done by these losers that just liked having power, were not qualified to be put, were not qualified to be there. They were there for race, gender, sexual orientation, having a D next to their name, whatever stupid, superficial thing you can think of. And they've destroyed these cities and it's going to take a long, long, long time. It's going to be a long time to get back to where they were. Decades ago. It's going to take a very long time. If it ever happens. If it ever happens. So that's that's the sad thing. That is very sad, but also makes me incredibly angry. It makes me incredibly angry. In places where I used to not want to go, like Florida. I used to think, oh, Florida. Eh, eh. Rednecks, heat, humidity. I can't wait to live there. I can't wait to live in Florida. So the world, my world has been turned upside down. Upside down. By these crazy leftists. This crazy left. Yes, yeah, 72,000 people voted for her. All right, but still. But still, she's the incumbent mayor. 
She's the incumbent mayor, and she got 1.6 out of every 10 votes. It's awful. Remember, remember, for a place where an incumbent has not lost in 40 years. So people finally got tired of it. They finally got tired of the nonsense. They finally got tired of the corruption. They finally got tired of the incompetence. Why? Because they and their friends are either dying or either dead. Their friends either died. They probably got robbed and, 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 and raped and looted themselves, or they're afraid of that happening to them. So they're afraid of their lives now. They're basically afraid of their lives. They're afraid to go out. They're afraid to walk in the street. They're afraid to stay out after dark. People in major cities are afraid to stay out after dark. What is the point of living in a big city and paying big city rent if you can't go out after five o'clock in the winter? What is the point? So they're tired of it now. So now they're finally hitting rock bottom. And this is what happens. It's a shame they have to hit rock bottom. But finally they have. So people in Chicago have hit rock bottom. People in San Francisco haven't yet. People in New York haven't yet. People in most cities haven't yet. But it looks like people in Chicago have. And now I'll cheer on Paul Vallis. But at least we're rid of, of, of Lori Lightfoot. But the last thing we need once again like we have in New York or San Francisco is new boss, same as the old boss. No, 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 no. We need a totally new boss who is very different from the old boss and actually wants to work to bring the city back up to the prominent city it used to be. The third largest, Chicago is the third largest city in New, behind New York and LA in this country. The third largest city behind this, behind those two. And look at what's happened to it. Look at what's happened to it. I will still, however, always hate deep dish pizza. I cannot stand Chicago deep dish pizza. And I doubt Paul Vallis is going to get rid of deep dish pizza. It's absolutely disgusting. I'm a thin crust guy, man. I'm a New Yorker. I'm a thin crust pizza guy. I know Daniel's a thin crust pizza guy. What is that deep dish? That's not pizza. That's like a meal. You might as well have a steak. You might as well put a steak in the middle of it. That's not pizza. Sorry. To my friends in the upper Midwest, Chicago, sorry, but I'm just not. I'm just not a, a, a deep dish uh, pizza kind of guy. Would you write, Daniel? Or something here. Uh, so much self-harm. But areas self-harming with COVID policy, crime policy. Yes, blue cities self-harming with COVID policies, crime policies, and transgender policy. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk more. There's some stuff in the in the realm of transgender policies and teaching children about uh, sex change and uh, and uh, se- sexuality in general. I'll talk more about that later in the week. There's some stuff I wanted to cover, but I think, I think we got it down pat. Once again, I want to remind people that uh, the show I did yesterday, Monday, the 27th with John Dennis is, is on recorded. You can find it in the, in the uh, uh, recordings here on, on call in the archives. It's, it was a great interview. I think I'm not giving it not myself because John's great. John is a very level-headed guy, much more level-headed than I am, and he has really fought the good fight here as a conservative Republican in San Francisco for decades. It's very, it's a hard thing to do. I've been here about 10, 11 years now, and for the first eight or nine, I wasn't even, I was a fucking Bernie crat. It's, it's, it's a tough job, but someone's got to do it, and he's done a good job. So go back and listen to that interview if you haven't already. And educate yourself a little bit. Educate yourself. Okay. The name of the show is in Let's Be Heard, and it airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern time. Okay. 
so I'll see everyone back here tomorrow night. And until then, until then, I'm Micah Chopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it. <laughs>